listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Hi, I'm Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks, Fall of Weather, and The Third Coming, The Funnel of Happiness. It's only my third book, so that's why it's third coming rather than fourth coming. I'm here <laughs> with book character Bill Holm, and this is our Not a Non-Bird Birding Show. Woo. Take two. And um, most of the birding shows we've done recently have been at Muskegon Wastewater, and we have found no birds, right? That's right. We didn't bird, in fact, because there were no birds. So recently we recorded... By the way, I'm Bill Holm. Book character. Didn't I mention I'm here with book character Bill Holm? Did you? Yes. If I didn't, I'm here with book character Bill Holm. And uh, recently we recorded the first half of Not a Non-Bird Birding Show, and it turned out that there were no birds. It was not good. It was not good. But this time, we are not going to Muskegon Wastewater. This time, we are going to McGee Marsh in northern Ohio, and we are guaranteed... To see birds, and we'll tell you about that in a minute. We'll tell you why. A little oh, bit. Let, of... let me just say. Let me just say right now that I have my doubts. Let me just say it about about a birding expedition coming up, and the number of birds we'll see. Okay. And I'll tell you why later. All right. Registered. So I have a couple things I want to get to first uh, by way of introduction, and one is an important update on the German version of my book, Enslaved by Ducks. Oh, yeah. Which I, I wanted to get a copy Oh, I, of I've been hearing from so many of my listeners in Germany, ah. uh, and, you know, this has been a regular Anschluss. <laughs> so I want to tell those people that, first of all, there I made two errors. Number one error was that the book will not be out in May. It's May right now. This is May 9th. It was supposed to be out, and suddenly when I go to... Uh, Certainly my publisher didn't tell me this, but when I go to Amazon.de, I see that the date is uh, Yuli. Yuli? Yeah, Yuli. So it's not my anymore. It's coming out in Yuli. Oh, no. Yeah. And so I think it's because I always thought there was a... That's not going to appease anybody. No, no, it is not. And so I wanted to tell all my German listeners to wait to Yuli for that. And also, I had the title wrong of this book. I've been saying the title wrong. No. I've been saying it was Das Land Neurotiker, the rural neurotic, referring yeah. to me, the rural neurotic. Uh-huh. But it's Der Land Neurotiker. So instead of the masculine form of the definite article, the, I've been using the neuter. Can you imagine me referring to myself <laughs> As a neuter noun? How could that even happen? <laughs> that's absurd. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That is absurd. So, I mean, that, well, I mean, the Germans, though. So important news there. Now, before they're just we, projecting. Before I, this is going to be such a packed show that uh, before we get into the birding and talking more about birds, I'm starting a new feature of tips for animal owners. 
tips for animal owners. Yeah, I mean, you'd think we would have had that, that by now on That could be very helpful, oh, in fact. Could, yeah. and it's, I am surprised you haven't done that up I know, until now, I know. because people are always asking you for tips. Yeah, and this is uh, the name of my tip segment is called Water Runs Downhill. Mm-hmm. And Water Runs Downhill, and I'm calling it that. And this is going to be, I guarantee you, this is going to be such a popular feature. Am I going to get mail on this? So that's the question. And not just electronic mail. Uh-huh. I'm going to get the old-fashioned kind of mail people would send by parcel post. Really? Wrapped up in brown paper with string, put some uh, Like a magic marker on. that yep. you type? Yep, do that's the, how you know, type in the address. You, know, you draw it. You draw it, yep. And uh, so that's that's the kind of reaction I'm going to get. And how I'm, much does that run you to send a parcel post these days? People will pay it because they love this feature. So I'm going to share information that I learned the hard way in my 70 years of life on this planet. Oh, we spent more than that. Yeah. So uh, the feature's called Water Runs Downhill. Uh-huh. And uh, what happened was I was taking care of the ducks a couple days ago, and there was this little pool of fetid water. Where? In the duck pen. Oh. And it came out really easily because water runs downhill. Uh-huh. So... If anyone likes this segment, uh, that's it for this week for Water Runs Downhill. So That was really helpful. You know, I have a pool of fetid water in my backyard. Sure. And if it's facing downhill, you just need a push broom to get it out and it'll be gone because water runs downhill. How come no one ever told me this? What if it's flat? Well, it still applies. Water runs downhill. Whether yeah, but it's, it's not a very helpful in... tip if you're on flat ground. Well, we don't want to really beat this segment to death you know the the best part of the segment is how brief it is (laughs) well not anymore (laughs) so we're going to a place in uh boy it's warm in this car i think i think we better open some i'll open this door a little bit oh so we're going to uh, northern ohio for the warbler migration and we're going to a place called mcgee marsh and you brought up the um etymological derivation or origin i should say of uh, mcgee marsh and that is Yes, in fact, one of the early influences in in marsh preservation in northern Ohio is Fibber McGee. Yes. And and I think you know a few more details about Well, radio, you're talking about famous radio star Fibber McGee of the Fibber McGee and Molly show and when did that run? That ran from the uh, through the actually through the about that yeah right through the fifties. It actually was still running was it in, in the fifties. It was down to fifteen minutes. I think it started in the thirties. So it was just fibromyalgia, right? That's it. That's it. And so anyway, in years past, Northern Ohio was part of the Black Swamp. There was this big swamp called the Black Swamp. And That's amazing. It was in most of Northern Ohio, but in the forties and fifties. Uh, Walt and Roy Disney started draining the Black Swamp because they were building, as everyone knows, Disneyland right outside of Cleveland. Right, right. And uh, Fibber McGee, he didn't want any of that. So he um, put his foot down and he uh, reserved a space for birders, a little segment of the Black Swamp, called McGee Marsh. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. It's sort of like his own closet, wouldn't you say? Yes, yes. In a vast sort of park. Thing that isn't his own. Yeah, don't open that door, don't. McGee. Whoa! Crash, crash. And there's always a little, did you know, there's always the last thing that falls in his closet, you hear a little bell tinkling. That's kind of oh, a joke. Oh, that's funny. Every yeah. time, yeah, right? Every, time. every single every time. Every time. And uh, also, before we go there, we're going to a place called Metzger Marsh. And Metzger Marsh was named after Fibber McGee's wife, 
Neuroticer. Molly, Molly McGee. Molly Metzger. Molly Metzger. Molly Metzger. And so um, those are the two. We, we have Fibber McGee and Molly to thank for those two birding spots. Oh, yeah. And Metzger, we should, do you want to, should you point out that McGee Marsh is part of Crane Creek? I, I believe you just did. And Crane Creek, of course, is very famous. Yeah, you have some information about that. I do? Yes, about Crane Creek. Tell me what it is. That And Crane Creek, we have Bob Crane of Hogan's Heroes. Oh, Bob Crane. How could I forget? Mm-hmm. And Bob Crane uh, was a well-known uh, naturalist, very avid photographer of naturalism. Oh, yes. And he was very dedicated. He was he, dedicated. He had a whole um, stream named after him, in fact. Yeah, and in fact, I think there's a movie... I can't remember the name. Starring um, Greg Kinnear. Oh, I thought it was Kent Conrad who played him. <laughs> Kent Conrad. I think it's, I think it's Kent, Senator <laughs> Kent Conrad. I'm not sure. But anyway, it's all about um, Bob Crane and uh-huh. his efforts to preserve habitat. Oh, absolutely. And to give people homes that needed them as well. I mean, it didn't just, it wasn't just him going out. Right. He was, he was take, I mean, he was bringing people to him. He was. So that's where we're heading today. And uh, we're going to Metzger Marsh and McGee Marsh, and this is the height of the warbler migration. That's what I want to discuss. Okay. You know, I, I admit I didn't handle the Bob Crane bit very well, but that's because I was thinking about my point, my main point of this whole... And I'm distracted because I'm hearing a Rufus Tohey call right now. Yes. Well, do you want to go look at it? No. Well, well I just... No. Yeah. All right, well... Because you need to be supervised. Yes, yes. Saturday... This last Saturday, the Saturday before Mother's Day, is National Migratory Bird Day. And, you know, I don't know if that means anything to the birds migrating, but I think it means a heck of a lot to the birders. And and so they, they flock to uh, McGee Marsh. They do. Oh, I mean, it's like this event. I mean... The people migrate. The people migrate. Hotel room prices go up. I mean, it's a, it's a real scene. And so my suggestion is... I mean, here's what, there's a boardwalk. There's a major boardwalk system that's, that's wonderful. But it's going to be clogged with birders who are going to be offended when, like, if you kind of bump their tripod or trying to squeeze by when they're... You've bumped a lot of tripods at Mickey Marsh. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. As did Bob Crane. Yeah. And so I have to admit, some of it was intentional. Because um, you don't like birders. I don't trust birders. Yeah. And so my suggestion is... With, with the huge crowds that we expect to see here, sort of like by the afterglow of the uh, National Migration Day fallout, is they should put a moving sidewalk on the boardwalk so that it'll keep people moving along. So they can't stop and look at a bird. Exactly. Unless they walk. Well, it can be slow. Right. But they got to keep walking if they want to stay in the one The other place. way. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Uh-huh. Okay, that's, that's a very good idea. I want to announce that I'm bringing a new camera with me. I got a new camera. Wow. And uh, Bill, What kind of a camera? Um, what kind of camera you got there, Bob? It's a camera with a couple lenses, and Bill, you're going to be interested in this. I have a telephoto lens, but I also brought with me <laughs> a portrait lens, because you've probably had pictures taken before. So did Bob Crane. What? Yes. Yes. I've had pictures taken before. But, have, but I have a portrait lens with me, so I'll be able to take a portrait of you. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. A so, portrait? How, how would that differ from just a regular shot? Because I'm taking with a portrait lens. Oh, yeah, well, you did mention that. Yeah, and I also brought a telephoto, and the reason I got this camera was that, you know, I want to take a picture of a robin, and a robin is a very difficult bird to take. I mean, it never sits still, 
and you can't get close to it. Have you ever tried to take? And a you hardly ever see one. No, no, you don't. So I bought this camera just to get a picture to get of a robin. Picture of a robin. Yeah, and I thought I'd take it with us. So. So if we see a robin that you get a picture of, this is a successful trip. Absolutely, absolutely. And last thing I'm going to mention, uh, and then what we're going to do is we're going to take you with us. Me. Birding. My listener. Oh, your listener. Yes, you are there. Wow. Yeah. What does that mean? So we're going to take you with us and tell you what's going on, tell you what we're seeing, tell you what we're not seeing, all that kind of thing. And uh, as kind of letting you in on a little uh, kind of behind the scenes thing is this morning I was wondering, should I take my dress shoes or should I wear my tennis shoes? Why would you bring your dress shoes? Well, the, see, the reason, I'll tell you why. The reason is that my uh, $59... Are you expecting some award here for seeing birds that you're well, going to get? Well, here's the problem. My $59 tennis shoes... Yes. Boy, you went they, all out. Well, they cost twice as much as my dress shoes. <laughs> so you can see my. You can see why I wanted to wear I my dress shoes. I my dress shoes. Yeah. So I brought them both, uh-huh. and I'm going to change off. Okay. So so that's that's about it for the first half of the show. You know, we... Um, half the show? Yeah. Well, yeah. the second half better be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it will be. And in fact, this might actually be a time when we have enough for two shows. That's, I hope so. I So far, I think we do. Yeah. My mind is racing with possibilities. Yeah. So anything else you want to say before we uh, get right to uh, Metzger Marsh? I'm anxious to get there. That's all. I'm anxious to have uh, our listener come along with us. Yes, because you are there. A uh, little lunch on the way, though? Absolutely. All right. Okay. So next time uh, we check in, we will be at uh, Metzger Marsh. You are listening to What Were You Thinking, a podcast presented by Pet Life Radio and produced by Mark Winter. I'm your host, Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks, Fall Weather, Der Land Neurotiker, and the fourth coming. The Funnel of Happiness, because now I have four books, counting the German edition. Oh, well, yeah. now, 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 And now. I'm here with book character Bill Holm. You know, as a book character, I think that has a, has a, an ethical edge to it that I don't really want to... Do you think you will be Wilhelm? Wilhelm der Wilhelm Holm? der Holm with one of, the, one of them two umlaut, dot things. Umlaut on Umlaut. It. Yep, I think so, too. So, okay. I won't be dare. Well, I, you were dare. I'm going to be hair. Right? Hair, hair, hair. So we'll see you after the break. You're listening to What Were You Thinking? What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. Buster. You're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition. I guarantee it. Petco. With healthy pets go. Enter the code WHAT, W-H-A-T, and save 10% on orders of $65 or more, plus free shipping at Petco.com. Whether they're big, small, hairy, or whatever, you're going to need gear for your feet. 
and Kids Foot Locker's got all the great shoes and gear that'll get you in the game. Go to kidsfootlocker.com. Enter the code AFWHT1KF to get 10% off any order of $50 or more. Or enter the code AFWHT2KF to get 15% off any order of $75 or more at kidsfootlocker.com. And cover those funky feet. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash what W-H-A-T to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. There's a movement afoot. ShoeBuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code THINKING, T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service is the best, most cost-effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys... In my car? Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Here we are. Uh, welcome back to uh, What Were You Thinking? And we are here at uh, Metzger Marsh. And Wait, it is. What do you see? Go ahead, go ahead. I thought it was a bird. It's very birdy here, as you can hear. It's really, this is the birdiest place I've ever been. Now, we just. Oh, look, it's a bird. We just saw. There's another bird. A magnolia warbler, and a yellow warbler, and a northern water thrush, and a toey, and a toey. And I'm hearing more birds. Let's let's go over here and see what's over. Let's here. Give a listen. 
Well, we just are doing an update here. I can't believe what we just saw. Yeah, we did. And the best part is that I was able to claim credit for a bird that someone else found. Exactly. That's the way it is. Yeah, we saw a guy telling us that there's an orange crown warbler. He kind of pointed to the trees. And so um, I went there and uh, saw a bird right away. But to be honest, I thought maybe it was a vireo. I, well, that's what you said. Could yeah. have been more wrong. So I finally saw a birder who looked like he knew what he was doing, and I uh, waved him over. And I pointed to it, and I said, now, what's that? And he looked at it, and he was quite surprised and delighted. And he said it was an orange-crowned warbler, and I said, I thought so. Yes, you did. You, and you he, acted as though you knew what it was. Yeah, and he said, you found it. Yeah. And then he called some other people over. So, um, you know, that like Bill says, that part of birding is taking credit for other people's work. Part of birding is also being obnoxious yes. to fellow birders. Yes, and talk about that a like little bit. Like the woman who, there was a, there's a cluster of birders who, was, who were birding a particular area. And I believe that they were looking for the, uh, what was it, the swamp marsh thing? <laughs> northern water thrush. The northern water thrush, As exactly. exactly. And um, Swamp thing is the local name for it. <laughs> well, so we call them West Michigan. Uh-huh. And, um, and so she was getting all bit out of shape because it's... Uh, a couple of these people walking around were straying an inch from the path and stepping on the leaf of a violet. And she was just, she was telling him, don't stomp on the flavor. Did you be I said, I'm going to have to talk to them. That's where they put these, there was a fallen tree there that obviously just fallen there naturally. And she said, that's why they put logs there to keep people off the vegetation and the, the foliage. Thing, and the thing that's funny is there aren't paths here. No. There are just areas that people have trampled down more than other areas. Exactly. And, I, you know, th- that's the thing about birding. You know, you come here, you want to look at a bird. What do you get? You get scolded. You get sc- school teachers. School teachers. Union member school teachers. The people <laughs> Draining who ruined the public our economy. Funds. Ruined exactly. our economy. It wasn't the Wall Streeters. It was people like this birder. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Anyway, she probably makes $60,000 a year off the oh, public dole. Big. So um, we're hoping we're not getting too much microphone noise. There's a bit of wind because we're standing right on Maumee Bay. All of this, this is, is microphone ex- noise. <laughs> but this is an exciting place. This is a very small marsh, but uh, or this very small wooded area, and it's just hopping with birds. This this is re- this is very very birdy. Um, we've birded it quite a bit so far, and there's still plenty of birds. Yeah, and I saw what I thought maybe was a worm-eating warbler until it hopped out from behind the tree, and it was a red-breasted nuthatch. <laughs> Isn't that oh, something? That's a joke. <laughs> oh, the birders love Okay, so we're going to keep looking, and uh, we'll let you know what we see. So Bill wanted to make a comment. Oh, look, at there's the kitty cat. This Aww. is a good place for if you're a cat oh, and want to chase birds. We're at, uh, this is interesting because uh, Metzger Marsh it's kind of a long extension out into the water, sort of. It goes to Maumee Bay. But at the end of the parking lot, there's just one small group of trees. And that's where all the birds are. There's so many birds. It's thick with birds. It's birdie. Oh. Well, yeah, it's birdie, all right. We've about birded it out, but it's pretty There's birdie. still birders here, so I don't know what they're going to see. I was a little unhappy because after we took our walk to the beach... Uh, I went back and there was a couple, and they were looking at my orange crown warbler, and they showed it to me like it was their bird. Really? Yeah. See, that's that's the thing. That's, that's my exactly bird. it. That's my because that other guy when that other guy left, it became my bird. Uh huh. And our car was still in the parking lot. Well, yeah. So it's still our bird. That's what I'd think. And now, tell me, the orange crown, what is it? Warbler. Warbler. Why is it called the orange crown warbler? We were just talking about that. Every the most probably the bird we see the most here is a yellow rump warbler, and you can't miss the yellow rump of the yellow rump warbler if the bird is facing rumpwards. 
correct? <laughs> exactly. But the orange crown warbler, Which we saw be. that from every conceivable angle. In fact, the orange crown warbler spent a lot of time upside down gleaning. Yeah. Gleaning. What does glean mean? But it was gleaning off leaves. It was? Is glean a, take a direct object? Was it gleaning insects off leaves, or was it simply gleaning? I think it was just gleaning. I don't. I don't know if it, if it gleaned something. Maybe it does have an object. Right. But the fact is, no matter what angle we saw it at, orange crown warbler has no orange crown. Now, how do you explain that? You got the yellow rump warbler with, the with yellow its yellow rump. rump. You got the black throated blue, which we saw, and guess what? It's a bluish warbler with a black throat. Well, that is perfectly named. Mm-hmm. And you have the magnolia warbler, and it's got a southern accent, <laughs> you know, when it sings. It's y'all, y'all, you know. Uh-huh. But the orange crown, orange crown warbler? Nothing. Uh-uh. Nope. Nope. In fact, it's fairly monochromatic from what I could tell. I think it's a mistranslation. I think it was non-crown. Non-crown. Oh, and oh. people misheard it, and it became orange crown. I'll bet that's it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um... We're going to head to uh, McGee Marsh next. I don't know if this brings us to the end of the show or not. I'm Boy, people all over the country are hoping. Yeah, so uh, we're going to go to McGee Marsh and uh, see what kind of uh, experience we have over there. Okay, let's go. Bob, where are we now? Well, Bill, I... we're at McGee Marsh. I've never seen a happening like this. No. We were just in the uh, visitor center at McGee Marsh, and um, McGee Marsh is a uh, quite a large area that's renowned for its boardwalk. At the boardwalk is where you see all the wobblers, the warblers, excuse me. Of course, there's some wobblers, too, judging from the folks. Now, would you like to um, repeat your comment about the visitor center? Well, you walk in, and it's just sort of dark, and it's just full of stuffed birds, and then there's all these birders here that are sitting there, just sitting there. It's really creepy. It's all this negative energy just sort of floating around this room, and you just want to get out of there. I mean, everyone, I'm not even sure that they're alive. There's not a lot of laughter. No. There's really no... enjoyment. No, there's no conversing. No. No one trusts each other. It's all this competition. And now we're parked behind a bank of about a dozen porta-potties at this bird happening here. Just This is, this is sort of like a, like a convention of the depressed. There's just an amazing amount of people here. It's incredible. In the parking lot. I mean, usually when I've been here before, uh, I'll come here with Linda and we'll park, and you can look all the way down the parking lot and think, why is there such a large parking lot? Mm. Well, now I know why. Now you know the answer. It's, it's not completely packed because it's a little bit late in the day and some people have left. But um, Oh, but it, it's nearly full. I'd say it's 80% full. Mm-hmm. Now, I did see a bird that I liked at the... Uh, visitor center and that was there was a bunch of purple martins well yeah but that was that was sort of like an exhibit well they were but they were real birds well they were but i mean you put they live there you put up a see this is another you put up a martin house Mm -hmm. and martins come and then you act like it's a big deal not you but they do yeah i put up a greenwald house once and the greenwalds came moved right in exactly you know it's the same Uh deal uh so so we're going to um see if we can spread our own peculiar brand of joy. <laughs> we're fine ones. You can tell how happy and delighted we are <laughs> and that we're a real contrast to the bitter people <laughs> and depressed people that we found here. So, Well, at least we enjoy our bitterness. These people don't even enjoy their depression. There's sort of a glumness to it. But as I was saying to Bill, one thing that makes me feel good is I actually feel like a youngster here. 
You do? Oh, yes, you do. Of course you do. Excuse me, ma'am, have you seen the tricolored heron anywhere? I asked a woman that, and she didn't seem pleased to be spoken to, did she? Get away, youngster. Yeah, she hit me with her cane, so. Uh-huh. Yep. I kind of liked it. So, okay. We're good, gonna... good thing you uh, had your lunchbox to block the, the blow. All right, we'll see what we can see. Okay, here we are. We're still on the boardwalk at uh, McGee Marsh, and... Uh, Bill and I have been sticking together like glue. Well, you have to. You have to. Uh, you be, have to in a situation be, like this. Because uh, sometimes, you know, you run into a con man and, uh, you know, he could take advantage of one of us without the other of us being there. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, there's a Robin over there. You're kidding. No. Oh, if I, I see didn't it. have I see my, it. if we weren't doing this podcast, I could uh, take a picture of that Robin. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, how did we, uh, what? How did we get separated? What happened? Well, I realized I had forgotten to bring my camera. You forgot your camera in on this walk, uh-huh. and um, and so I decided to go back to the car to get it. And on the way back, I got back on the boardwalk and I got lost. Yes, you did. I'm the only person who's ever gotten lost on a boardwalk. I walked by Bob twice, I think. And it's really almost impossible to get lost on a boardwalk. I was feeling a little... hmm? Because the boardwalk, kind of by design, leads in one direction. That's why... Did you get off the boardwalk and start walking through the water? Well, I did. I fell off the boardwalk, and then I had trouble getting on. But And then I decided to cut across. So you think you walked past me twice, probably. Probably. I don't think it's easy to do. But, you know, I'm just like everyone else here. The focus on birds is just extraordinary. It is. And so you can easily see how, you know, it could get confusing. I like the way you're talking kind of quietly, like um, Marlon Perkins used to do. No, Marlon Perkins never talked quietly. No, he he just stayed in the studio. Yes, he did. And he had someone put on a bear suit and Mm -hmm. run around. It's sort of like a golf tournament. Oh, that's it. That's it. So, um, anyway... So you, um, the palm warbler is lining up a putt. So I was feverishly looking for um, my cell phone number of uh, Bill's Bill's number, and it turns out it wouldn't have done me any good anyway no, no, no. because uh, Bill did not have his cell phone with him. I didn't think I'd get lost on a boardwalk, to tell you the truth. Wait a minute, I got a bird here. Where? What? Where? Oh, I lost it already. Hmm. But anyway, we saw so many birds here today. Mm-hmm. Ton, ton of birds. Ton of birds. Ton of birds. This place isn't even anywhere near birded out. Not this Not this stretch. The, the stretch up ahead was definitely birded out. It was. It was birded out. But um, we saw so many of one bird that um, I made a um, funny about it. Yeah, we saw what um, I called as a warbling vireo because it was an easy call to make. But a couple of people actually knew birds. A couple of women decided that... <laughs> It was a Philadelphia vireo. Yes, it, it had a bell-like call. It did have a bell-like call, and it stood up for freedom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I decided to um, make a joke. Oh, and a joke you made. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think that... Now, what, are the, what were the circumstances of the joke? So you She asked sh- if that bird was a lifer for me, uh-huh. and I said no, because I do believe I... Saw one. Now, um, Bob, does the audience know what a lifer a, is? A lifer is someone who is in prison with no chance of release. So I said no. Something like this boardwalk. This boardwalk. I said no, but um, could you please let us know if you see a yellow rump warbler anywhere? <laughs> it was funny. That got a, that got a laugh, didn't it? She said, I'll put you on speed dial. 
And yes. we all had a good laugh. Yeah, we, we had a... Did she say that? Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Oh, and, okay. and the reason that's really funny is because um, you can hardly look anywhere without seeing a uh, yellow rump warbler here at uh, McGee Marsh. But so I th- think that joke has been deconstructed enough now. I do. So uh, maybe a little later we'll um, give more of a rundown of uh, things we saw here. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's a good idea. Okay. And reflect. Oh, reflect. We must create impressions. Yes. Okay. Okay, so, uh, Bill, this brings us to the end of uh, part one. This is going to be a two-parter. A two-parter? Do we have that much material? Well, what we're going to do is uh, we're done with the live stuff, uh, the exciting in-the-field stuff, and so Mm -hmm. uh, next show is going to be uh, we're going to just try and uh, share the whole emotional experience of, of what we went through and also the, the strangeness it really is not a typical birding adventure this is a very strange quality to this and we'll talk about that i like to call it an event and i'll explain what i mean by that in the next episode all right so so long from bob tart and book character bill holm and thanks for listening. Thanks to our producer, Mark Winter. And email me at bob at petliferadio.com. Bye-bye. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Every week on demand from Pet Life Radio dot com.